River Rock has been a leader of the cannabis community since 2009. What stood out to me mostly was definitely the quality of their product and the knowledge of their product. The way that they treat each individual person always with respect and they try to make sure that your needs are taken care of. That was Michelle. She's been a medical patient at River Rock for seven years now. Like she mentioned, the employees at River Rock always have their recreational and medical customers in mind, especially with pricing and two convenient locations both open until 10 p.m. River Rock's quality with their prices is pretty much unmatched. River Rock caters to their medical customers by providing exclusive benefits when they become a member, including $100 in-store credit, 25% off all full-priced items, and so much more. The sign-over benefits have been great for me personally, especially since I live on a limited budget. The sign-over benefits have helped me to get medication that I normally wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Find out more about the sign-over benefits and why people like Michelle have stayed with River Rock for this long at riverrockcolorado.com. Into the BSN Broncos podcast and this episode of the Broncos Pro- BSN Broncos podcast, much like all the others, is presented by Elixinol. Don't take our word on Elixinol. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's Hemp Balm, a topical pain reliever, reliever that's just one of Elixinol's many great non-THC products. What's more, five percent of your purchase goes to a nonprofit of your choice when you visit Elixinol.com to get yours today telling you they have all sorts of great stuff and i just heard on the radio as i was driving over to get some coffee that cbd is now mainstream they're going to carry it in walgreens really wow that's big time it is big time for the cbd industry anyways um big time for the bsn denver industry we won hey. the twitter tournament with everyone's help um you know i used to call it the bsn family then it was community now I'm calling it the BSN Army <laughs> because the troops went out and, and won this. Like Everyone put their head down and helped out. I saw people like sharing it. Someone texted me like, oh, I, I sent this to all my friends. So we won um, with, with the BSN Army, and, and I think that's pretty darn cool. I'm taking a little page out of, out of Shea Serrano's book because he has the FOH Army, um, which you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, Zach. Nope. But if you know, you know. And now we have the BSN Army. And it looks like we're close to the BSN Army coming through on another poll on Twitter out there. Maybe we'll update it when it ends in an hour. We'll still be rolling with this. That's not the BSN Army. That's just facts. Oh, yeah. There we go. I like that. (laughs) Um, Anyways, Zach, two things. We love mock drafts this season. So do you want to start with the one that might make my head explode or the one that is calculated, well thought out, and... 
locally sourced. Let's start off on a on a good note. So let's start off with that one. I like the local stuff. All right. Our guy, Andre Simone, Who? put out come on now. <laughs> put out his mock draft 1.0 yesterday and I actually told him he spent too much time on it mm. um, because it, he, there was just there's so much content in there. I was like, dude, got to dial it back a little bit. There's but so much analysis; it's amazing. If you're a dra- if you're someone who's really into the draft right now, you probably won't complain like me. Um, it, he goes into every pick as to why they took him, and it's a free story. So if you don't subscribe to BSN Denver, you can check it out yourself. Anyway. Uh, every pick got, you know, at least a paragraph describing why, and I think it turned out decently for the Broncos. I like the position in they're in where they, when they pick. Yeah. And so let's, let's go through this, um, a little bit. First off, I love that Andre drops his first mock draft right at the true beginning of draft season. Because before the Combine, I love people that put out mocks before the Combine, but it doesn't mean anything. How about the people that put out mocks before the season even ends <laughs> and the, the draft order is established? Yeah, that is, that's wild. I love those people, but it's that's just purely a click thing. So I love that Andre does this, and really it, it's his best guess of what's going on. So Ryan, I think you would agree with the first pick. Arizona Cardinals go Kyler Murray. Good pick. Great pick. Best best pick ever? Future Super Bowl winner. <laughs> Second overall, Nick Bosa to the 49ers. No surprise there. Quinnen Williams to the Jets. So my dreams are a little broken there, but I agree with it. Number four, the Raiders. Dwayne Haskins. This is a little bit of a leap of faith for Andre here. This is the first one that's kind of a dark horse pick. Um, I could see it, but this would say, I mean, the Raiders are completely out on Derek Carr. Like, it's not just they love Kyler Murray. It's that they want to to improve. Isn't that kind of how you feel, though? About Isn't that how you felt, I should say? Not necessarily feel. Is that John Gr- Derek Carr is not John Gruden's guy. That's what it feels like to me, uh, for sure. But I've also just felt like they were so deeply in love with Kyler Murray. That's hard to gauge their interest in, in anyone else. And, and also, another guy that they really showed interest in is Drew Locke. Yeah, and that would be... Boy, I would be surprised if they went non-Kyler Murray quarterback here, but it makes sense. It, it really does. So that just that helps the Broncos push another good defensive player down to him. If I am the Raiders and Kyler Murray is off the board, I don't pick quarterback here. I, especially if I have interest in Drew Locke, unless I have in, in, intel that Drew Locke is going to the Giants or something like that. What I do here is I take the best player available who maybe Devin White, maybe Josh Allen, Rashawn Gary's still on the board. I take him, and then I still have all these picks that I can use to trade back up, even into the top 10, honestly. You have two more first picks in this round. That'll get you to 10. Right. You can you can jump all the way back up into the top 10 and take a, a quarterback there. The value of these quarterbacks, if you're not getting Kyler Murray, I think you're you're reaching a little bit on your board to take a guy at four. That's exactly what I would do if I was the Raiders as well. Now, Ryan, if you're the Broncos, would you trade with the Raiders? Would you trade number 10 overall so that they can get their quarterback of the future in order for you to get number 24 and 27? No. No, I wouldn't. Uh, Unless you're so low on these quarterbacks 
that you just think, yeah, go ahead and take Drew Locke. Joke's on them. We dug into him deep, and we don't think he's anything legit. Exactly. Yeah, man, that would be so interesting. But if you think Drew Locke could be the truth, but you think that Joe Flacco is your guy, yeah, you probably don't want to do that with them. And then they'll do that at just 11 with the Bengals or something. So you have the Raiders going that direction. That means Tampa Bay gets their guy. They get Devin White at number five. Next one, number six with the Giants, Drew Locke. Three quarterbacks gone in the first six picks. Bad news that uh, that Devin White's off the board. Great news that three quarterbacks have gone, especially if we believe, which we do, that the Broncos are not in the quarterback market. This next one is good for the Broncos too. Jacksonville Jaguars go DK Metcalf. I like. I, I was iffy on this one until I read Andre's description, and then I thought, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, Nick Foles loved to put it up for Alshon Jeffrey. Now he has that here. Yeah, and talk about just a freak athlete. You have the Lions going Josh Allen. Seems like these next two picks seem like great value with the Lions going Josh Allen and the Bills at nine, one pick before the Broncos going Rashawn Gary. Yeah, I mean, again, great news for the Broncos because look at this. As they pick at number 10, of the four players that we've probably talked about most at this pick in, in recent weeks, three of them are still on the board. You've got Ed Oliver, who's still on the board. You've got Devin Bush, who's still on the board. And you have uh, TJ Hawkinson, who's still on the board here. So the Broncos kind of have their pick of the litter of three guys who can help them in three different ways. And drum roll, please. Andre has them taking <laughs> Devin Bush, who he believes is a perfect fit in Vic Fangio's defense. Yeah, and just, I mean, that this would be good news for the Broncos' defense. Certainly improves them instantly. And uh, you can say he's Devin White. Well, you can't say he's Devin White, Ryan. But, I mean, combine stats, you can convince yourself that this is a top 15 player. Yeah, and especially at this position, he is a top two player. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to get anything lower than that here at 10. Because there's so many positions, there's only nine picks ahead of you. You shouldn't get a player who is the third best player at their position here. And the Broncos get a chance here to get the second best player. And as you know, a bush in the hand is worth more than two in the bush. <laughs> something like that. I'm confused. But yes, sure, we'll go with that. So they could have gone at Oliver here. What do you think of that? This is getting Vic's guy. And so I understand why why Andre went that way. I think everyone ideally... If the Broncos take Devin Bush, they want them to take him at, at number 15. They want him to trade back, pick up a second-round pick with trading with the Redskins, and and pick him there. However, let's say Devin White's gone at five, and you wanted one of the Devins. That's what Fangio wanted, and you said, I'm going to give it to him. I don't think you trade back. I think you get your guy. Because what, what have we always said? If your guy's there, don't. Don't try to trade back and get him. Now, if you're okay with Devin Bush or Ed Oliver, and you probably want to throw one more person in that mix, if you're okay with three guys, then absolutely you trade back. But if that's your guy, you take him. Here's the thing, and I, I always like to do this. It's a very different stage, but it will help the listeners understand why we always say that. Think about in your fantasy draft. Mm. You pick, and then you got to wait, right? And as you're waiting, you have a guy in mind. Mm -hmm. And you're like, please, mm -hmm. please no, please no. And every time a pick goes by and they don't take your guy, it's like a weight off your shoulders. 
when he fin- when it finally gets back around to you and that pick is on the board, I realize it's not a thing in fantasy drafts, but would you ever consider moving back to pick up another pick later? Right. No, because you're so relieved that he fell to you that you just you already had it locked in, and the second that it, it gets to you, you press draft. Exactly. Now, what, what you hope the Broncos, if that's their plan, what you hope doesn't happen is that they say, well, there's no way that Devin Bush and Devin White are both gone before 10, so they got to fall to 13, right? Let's just trade with the Dolphins, and then he's picked at 10 beca- or picked at 11 or 12 because a lot of things that I've seen, I've seen a lot of ties connecting Devin Bush with the Bengals, and of course the Bengals sit at 11. So if he's your guy, you take him at 10. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's just tough for me to pass up on Ed Oliver, who unofficially ran a 4.7540 at his pro day. Ian Rappaport said if one scout texted him, they clocked him at 4.71. The dude's damn near 300 pounds. Wild. What did we say? 6.6287, I believe is what he checked in at the combine. Ran a 4.71. That's insane. It's unheard of uh, in most cases. And you just think of the possibilities of what you could do on that line. You could put Shelby Harris as your nose. And put Ed Oliver, or yeah, Ed Oliver and Derek Wolf on the outside. You could put, you know, you could maybe put Oliver in the middle and put Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf around him. Not to mention the guys you have flanking. Um, it's it's hard to pass up, honestly. It's hard to pass up, and that's the dangerous pick. I think that's the one where you and I are excited, and the rest of Broncos country is so excited about the possibilities. The Devin, I think Devin White would be also an exciting pick just because he's the name out there. Devin Bush, I think everyone would say very solid pick, makes sense. Everyone would be happy with it. But danger is still that word that comes to my mind because think about this. Whenever a team has to throw the ball, you have Von Miller on one side, Bradley Chubb on the other side, uh, Shelby Harris coming up the middle, Derek Wolf. I mean, and, and Ed Oliver with the uh, the cornerback group that you have, that is so lethal and could be so dangerous from the get-go that's an immediate player starter as well for you and just think what if Shelby Harris continues to to build on the momentum that he's done the last two years don't forget just two years ago from this year Shelby Harris was what a day or two away from being cut in the spring then he makes the team he's a solid player last year has a breakout season what if he builds on that and he turns into this the Malik Jackson type of inside pass rusher that 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 he flashed last year. And then you sign him up to a long-term deal. And then you add Ed Oliver to that. This is a dangerous front seven for years and years to come. <sighs> it's hard to pass up. Now let me ask you this. You're the Broncos at 10. Ed Oliver and Devin Bush are on the board. You aren't... You love both of them equally. And just in this, you know, for this exercise, let's say the Miami Dolphins really want, I don't know, someone. And they offer you to trade up to 10. And so you've got two more picks after you. You love two players. Would you be, and you're going to get an extra second round pick out of this. Mm. Are you willing to take the risk that somehow the Bengals and the Packers 
just take the two guys you wanted to pick up a second round pick. And you love these guys, and, and they're kind of in a class on their own from the right. rest of the guys on the board? Yep. No. Okay. I, I don't do it. Although I do think one of them would fall. I do too. Um, and you have to say, you have to obviously have a promise from the, pa- uh, from the Dolphins that they're not taking one of those guys. And you have to have some sort of intel that tells you, hey, you know, we have we have it on good authority that the that the uh, Bengals are taking this position, and it's not one of your two. Exactly. What about if? What about just a twelve then? The Packers want to get up to do something. Well, you got to make only, sure you right. got to get the guarantee from them that it's not one of those guys because they're not going quarterback. I'd love to ask John Elway privately: Is that a conversation that happens? Like, what if they do promise that and then they just take the guy? I've always wondered that, and wouldn't the trade make sense for you to say, okay, we're going to draft the player that you want and then immediately trade him to you just to make sure there's no funny business? That's what they do in the NBA. And why wouldn't you do that? Is it because that team could back out right away and just pull a 1-2 on you? I don't know. Usually the trade is already agreed to. You agree to the trade. And so once it happens, there's no backing out. So once the pick goes in, everything's agreed to. I think there's honestly a a code of conduct that you have to follow. And let me ask you this. If the same exact thing happened, the Broncos wanted to trade up to eight, and the Detroit Lions wanted one of Devin Bush or Ed Oliver at ten, the Broncos said, hey, we're trading up to eight. We, we're going to draft Daniel Jones here. We don't want to mess around. <laughs> and the, the Lions said, okay, well, we're guaranteed that one of our guys is going to fall to us, so let's do it. And then John Elway went and selected <laughs> Devin Bush, and then Ed Oliver went right after him. And the GM of the Lions went up to the stand and said, we're, we're disappointed here because John Elway lied to us. <laughs> and told, do you think Broncos fans would be mad? No. Because they got their guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, what is the risk of violating the code of conduct? The risk would be that no team would ever trade with you again in the first round. That's true. All right. So I guess it's unless there's a player that you just say, we want this guy no matter what. And what if John says, you know what? I have three years left. It's okay. Th- th- this guy is worth more than trading around in the first round the next two years. For the years. next two years. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, um, that's Andre's mock draft. You can see the rest of the mock draft. One interesting thing is that no other linebackers go in the first round. I know that's what's expected, but it makes you it makes that trade back a little more enticing. You know, no one needs a linebacker so bad that they reach on you know Mac Wilson. Exactly. Exactly. That that's a really good point. And just one more pick I want to talk about: the New England Patriots get Noah Fant, and boy. I mean, what if he's the next Gronk and they don't even lose Gronk? That would suck <laughs> for everyone in the NFL. It's it's and then what if Gronk would. comes back in Week 13 oh. and they have both? Remember when they had Aaron Hernandez and Gronk? Could you imagine if he didn't have all of his issues? What that would have been? Remember, Aaron. There was a point where Aaron Hernandez was getting drafted higher than than Gronk in mock drafts. I mean, not in mock drafts, in fantasy drafts. Yeah, that is insane. That is insane. He tore the Broncos apart. That's got to be the best tight end duo ever. It has to be. It's just not talked about because Aaron Hernandez is, is a garbage human. No one wants to talk about him. Exactly. 
Exactly. Well, speaking of garbage, Ryan, let's move on to this other mock draft that was put out by Sports Illustrated. And let's just do the same thing. We'll quickly go through, get your thoughts, set up the Broncos pick. Number one, Kyler Murray. You like that. Kyler Murray. Number two, Nick Bosa. Exact same as Andre so far. Number three, trade, trade, trade. Got a trade going on. We're, we're predicting trades. I already <laughs> hate this stupid mock draft. You have the Giants jumping up to number three with the Jets. So the Jets go down to number six. And the De- Giants take quarterback Dwayne Haskins. So everything they've been saying and doing has been a smokescreen. Why would they feel the need to trade up with the Jets there? Who's uh, a f- well, oh, you have the Jets. Uh, okay. Raiders. Raiders yeah, potentially. The, okay, they're afraid of the Raiders. Do the Jets do a deal with their in- state rival mm, if they want to get those three second round picks back that they traded last year it makes sense okay number four and according to this the giants made a good trade deciding to move up the raiders select quarterback drew lock so this weak quarterback draft class produces three quarterbacks in the first four picks and everyone's shocked <laughs> number five tampa bay gets quinnon williams Probably a surprise pick for them because they didn't think he was going to be there. Good news for the Broncos. Very good news for the Broncos. Then with that sixth pick, the Jets select Josh Allen. So they probably get their guy, and they got to move back to pick up some capital. So it makes sense for them. Yeah, good pick. Good pick and good trade. Number seven, the Florida or Jacksonville selects Florida native Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle. Not a lot of people have connected the Broncos there, so good news for the Broncos. Yeah, definitely. Number eight. You have the Detroit Lions selecting Montez Sweat. Of course, uh, the freak athlete from Mississippi State. Again, good news for the Broncos. Yeah, have any players that they've wanted gone so far? I mean, obviously, Quinnen Williams is the dark horse. But but. realistically, no. None. None have gone. So this is great. I don't know why you're calling this trash, Ryan. This is a great scenario for the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. There's all sorts of great players on the board. Number nine, Rashawn Gary, defensive line from Michigan. That that's he's kind of in the category uh, of a Quinnen Williams. No one really thinks he's going to fall. Right. Number ten on the board. You have Devin White, T.J. Hawkinson, Ed Oliver. Um, you have D.K. Metcalf, Jonah Williams, Devin Bush. Go down the list. Every player that we've talked about. Every single player that we've talked about is there. And the Broncos, Ryan, with the number ten overall pick. Select Daniel Jones. <laughs> what? And booze rain down. <laughs> I think, where is the draft this year? Nashville? The mm-hmm. booze can be heard from Denver. Why would they do this? I have no idea. Whose mock draft is this? Uh, this is, it was put out by Sports Illustrated, and it is uh, Kalen Collar. Well, never heard of him. Um, it goes against, not only do the Broncos go against win now, they also reach for a quarterback who has no business being taken here. This would be nightmare, doomsday. Cannot spin it. Can't spin it. No, can't spin it. And and here's the justification. Denver took care of its cornerback needs in free agency with the addition of Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan. They might use this pick on a tight end, but the interest they are showing in quarterbacks, Denver is hosting Murray, Haskins, Locke, and Jones for pre-draft visits, leads me to think they might draft a passer with this pick. So here's what I'll say. I didn't realize that 
these pre-draft visits were sm- truly worked as smoke screens. I thought it was just kind of clear that they were smoke screens and that what the Broncos were really doing was trying to put a smoke screen out, but it was kind of a weak smoke screen. Everyone was going to see right through it. They were just gathering intel on these guys, and you might as well, just in case a Dwayne Haskins falls to you. Imagine basing your mock draft off pre-draft visits. <laughs> that would wouldn't be that wouldn't be good. So not only is it a quarterback, which Ryan, you and I could get behind a quarterback if Dwayne Haskins falls. Let's say if it's Drew Locke and John Elway says, "You guys are right. I couldn't hold my excitement in. I told Woody Page back in November." That, that I love this guy. When I saw him, I was blown away at the Senior Bowl. That's the only reason I was there. I wasn't going to go this year, but he was there, so I had to go. I've loved this guy. We'd get behind the pick, and it would make sense. It wouldn't be a John Elway pick. It, I, I, it wouldn't make sense in that respect, but it would make sense. But Ryan, Daniel Jones? This is a guy you could get at, You could possibly get at 41. Yeah, this is, this is nightmarish. <laughs> I don't like Daniel Jones. I don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback at all. So it doesn't make sense to me from that standpoint. It doesn't make sense to me from the win now standpoint. Because again, not only are you taking a quarterback, which could be sold, you are reaching heavily, heavily on a quarterback just because three have already gone. And beyond that, Daniel Jones is nothing like um, Joe Flacco. So if Joe Flacco is the perfect fit, for this offense, Daniel Jones is not. Daniel Jones, to me, is Andy Dalton. So, if that's what you want, by the way, who's taken at the top of the second round, Mm -hmm. perfect spot for for Daniel Jones to go. If that's what you want, then that's fine, but that's if you're looking for a quarterback who can be really accurate on the short stuff and can kind of just meander his way down the field. With Joe Flacco, what they're trying to do is run, 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 pop him off over the top. That is not what Daniel Jones does well. So in in that sense, it doesn't make sense to me once again. This would be graded as the worst pick in the first round. I have no question about it because of how much of a reach it is, because of how it doesn't fit what John Elway's trying to do right now. And, I mean, if we're projecting trades here, the Broncos should, should trade back with the Raiders uh, let the Raiders jump up. The, the Broncos should trade back to 32 with the Patriots and draft Daniel Jones there. Sure. <laughs> if that's the pick, I mean. Trade back as much as you possibly can. Yep. If you really want Daniel Jones, but I don't think they do. Uh, I don't think they do either. I, I would be very surprised. It doesn't make any sense. Now, it actually, uh, uh, one name that's one team that's been really tied to Daniel Jones recently, according to Adam Schefter, is the New York Giants. Now, that makes a lot of sense because Daniel Jones is kind of similar to Eli Manning, not to mention he was coached by David Cutcliffe, very close with the Manning family. Sure, I'm sure Cut is talking him up to the Manning family. I'm sure the Manning family has a good idea of him, and I'm sure the Giants have a good idea of the type of player Daniel Jones is. But again, we're not talking at three or at six, six. though, are we? I don't think so. Maybe they get him at 40 or in the 30s. Yeah, or they draft best player available at six and then they trade back up into the late first round to get him. And th- and that would make sense. And also it makes sense because they've committed to Eli Manning so hard, which also is surprising to me. But Daniel Jones is a guy 
where Dwayne Haskins might might benefit for for a year sitting behind a quarterback, Drew Locke may as well. Those guys don't need more than a year. In fact, they don't need any time back there learning. But with Daniel Jones, he may need two, three years to to develop. So that would make sense there. And boy, that would be interesting because if they pass on a quarterback at six, Jacksonville doesn't need one. Let's say the Raiders don't take one. And it's what we talked about yesterday. What if all the quarterbacks except for Kyler are there? That would be... um... A nerve-wracking few moments, I think, for Broncos fans. <laughs> yep. Because, man, this draft is going to create so much anxiety. It is. Because you are either drafting the future and putting big t- putting a big-time investment into that future, or you are passing on... S- two guys who have the potential to be a franchise quarterback. And can you imagine if the Broncos passed on Dwayne Haskins, Joe Flacco has an awful year, Dwayne Haskins lands in where where would he land? Miami or let's say um Washington. Yep. He lands in Washington and just goes off. That is going to eat Broncos fans hopes alive. So let's say two quarterbacks are there. And as well as Devin Bush and Ed Oliver. It's a dream scenario for the Broncos. I see Broncos fans being happy if they go quarterback and happy if they go defense because the defense one, you're winning right now. Or TJ Hawkinson, you're winning right now. Everyone can get behind that. If you go quarterback, people say, okay, we're taking care of the most important position for now and for the future. Which one is are Broncos fans more excited about, more happy about? On draft night, the one they would be more excited about is Ed Oliver. Give it a month, Mm. the one they would be more excited about is Dwayne Haskins. Mm. Once Dwayne's on the field or? Once Dwayne's on the field and you and I are out at uh, OTAs and in mini camps and saying, holy cow, this Haskins guy has it. You know, it's exactly what happened with uh, the Chiefs. It took about people were freaking out over the chiefs trading up to get a quarterback when they had Alex Smith, but it took about a month for the reports to start coming out of practice that, Oh my God, this guy is the absolute truth. Yeah. And then chiefs fans, not only were fully on the Mahomes wagon, they were firmly off the Alex Smith wagon. And it created a, you know, a controversy through that entire first year Every time Alex Smith threw an incomplete pass, it was, what are we doing holding back on Mahomes? And the hype just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think on draft night, people would say, Ed Oliver, we're all in. We're ready to win. A month later, it's hard to, you know, maybe we're putting out, hey, Ed Oliver is dominating the interior offensive line. All people are going to say, well, yeah, the offensive line sucks. (laughs) Whereas Dwayne Haskins, we're saying like, oh, my God, this guy is just lighting it up against this Broncos secondary, which is fantastic. Gosh, I'd feel so bad for Joe Flacco because he wouldn't even be getting his money. You know how people say professional athletes are like, I would feel bad for him, but he's getting paid. There's a chance he may not even make the roster if they go that route. But but really why I'd feel bad, he would have, what, three supporters in Broncos country? Once Dwayne Haskins is competing, it it's over. It's it's over. No one is going to be a Joe Flacco fan. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's very true. Um, do you have a a prediction? Did we? Do, when was the last time we did a a draft prediction? Was all these mock drafts. Um, you've got Andre saying it's Bush. You've got Daniel Jones or some guy saying it's Daniel Jones. Where are you right now? Defense, defense with. I'm struggling between the Devons and Ed Oliver. As of today, I woke up on the Ed Oliver side of the bed. Mm, I've been waking up on that side of the bed for for a few days now. So I'm going to lean on that one as well. I think that's exciting. I, It's so exciting. It is, realistically, not Kyler Murray, not Quinnen Williams, and not Nick Bosa. Outside of that, that's outside of those guys who won't fall there, Ed Oliver's the most exciting pick to me. He was a guy who just a, a year ago today, if you if someone would have done a stupid mock draft a whole year and a half early, just they would wait have a put, month. They would have put Ed Oliver number one overall. Yep. They would have. They would have, and you get him at ten. For what? Because of what? He's are people still saying he's undersized? Because I've still seen that. That's Totally fine. I'll take the 6'2", 287-pound lineman who hasn't hit the NFL weight room yet. I'll take him. Um, d- that doesn't bother me. What are the off-the-field the concerns? Is it just him wearing the jacket and getting in that ridiculous argument with the coach on the sideline? Apparently. Which is stupid. Yeah, I mean... The coach a- was pretty silly for doing that. What exactly happened again? He benched him for something? I think he was injured. So he was just injured on the bench and injured players that aren't playing aren't allowed to wear coats on the sideline. And he was wearing a coat. I believe it was like a a team sponsored coat. Right. It was just the ones that they put on like the quarterback to keep him warm. The guy just wanted to stay warm. And his coach came over and I think ripped him a new one. And he wasn't too happy about that. So fought back. So I'll tell you what happened. Verbally fought back. Right, Right. 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 I'll tell you what happened is the coach didn't think he was that injured. Mm. and that is a, 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 a not a good thing in the football world. Yeah. But remember, this isn't professional football. This is college football. He's not getting paid a dime, and he's in line to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. If he's slightly hurt, doesn't want to risk making it worse and hurting his draft stock, more power to him, you know? But I'll tell you that's what it was. Is Major Applewhite, I believe is the name of the coach, was saying look you aren't even hurt and you're sitting out and you're taking away that jacket from a player who's out here giving it all for his team right something not a not the right way of handling a star player when you're a college coach on on the sideline i don't think so could ed oliver probably handled it better and just taken the coat off or talk to the coach after probably he didn't have to get heated but that's not something where i'm gonna say man i think you're the best player in the draft but Sorry, bud. You yelled at your coach on the sideline. I can't pick you. That's that. That's not a big enough deal to me. Yeah. All right. So I guess we're both uh, we're both on the Ed Oliver train as yep. it stands today. Yep. All right. Um, I I love how much we've jumped around in the in this season. That's the best because I always tell people this: if we weren't flip flopping, because people always oh you guys just flip flop around. If we weren't, then we we wouldn't be telling you what we honestly feel. Right. If I hitched my wagon to, let's just say, Devin White early in the process, 
and never wavered, one, that's that you guys would get real sick of hearing about it. <laughs> two, I just wouldn't be giving you my honest opinion. As, as things move and shift around the draft world, it changes the way that we feel. So we're always going to give you our honest take on how we feel. All right, well, we'll give our honest take to your questions. But first, I want to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Check them out. And what you'll find out is that this CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's even helped decrease anxiety. Whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient. And their coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and they'll ship it straight to your door. All right, Zach, let's hop into these questions. First one coming in from Bleed Orange and Blue. He says, khakis? He must be taking tips from Jim Harbaugh. We'll have to wait until Sunday to see if he switches back to the sweatpants. I really hope we get either White or Oliver at 10. Trade back to 15, and if neither is at 10, get Devin Bush at 15. Trade the extra second and third to trade up to get Reisner in the end of the first. Have you guys been to Tokabe? It's located on Lowell and 44th. It's set up just like Chipotle, but with Native American food. Wish there was one in Arizona. I did look at the menu, did some research on that. Looks pretty good. How are the keto options? <sighs> they, they had a lot of... I shouldn't say a lot, vegan options. So maybe they do have some keto options. I think you get a bowl. So that makes sense. All right. I'm excited. I'm ready to uh, to look into that. What do you think um, Vic's game day attire is going to look like? Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Belichick. It's going to be sweats. It's going to be comfy. He's not going to be doing the Jim Harbaugh on game day. I respect that a lot. <laughs> the only question is, Ryan, will we see it? Or will he be in the booth? Or we'll see it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think we talked enough about, you know, the trade back and, and that sort of thing. What do you think? If I could tell you that it's going to be a 75% chance that if you trade back to 15, you can get Devin Bush and a 100% chance that you're going to have the capital to trade back in the first round and get Risner. Who do you get if you don't get Bush? If he, if that 25% happens, are you, then are you looking at like, Oh shoot, uh, Byron Murphy. Like, is it like that? I don't know. I don't really. I'm not in love with anyone in the middle of this round. I'm not either. And then you jump back again. Maybe T.J. Hawkinson is still on the board. That and that would be good. That would be fun. But it totally throws off Vic Fangio's plan. Right. Then you end up with two offensive players in the first round. I wouldn't do it. And with. I'm trying to think of, is there a player that you can't pass up like trading back into the end of the first round for? Trading a second and a third or both seconds that you picked up to to move back. And Reisner, I would love the Broncos picking him up. I don't think it's like a can't-miss guy in the second round. I think there's other guys that you can add, uh, maybe, maybe not as versatile along the offensive line, but that you can get a stud guard in the second or a stud center in the second. I just I really don't like the middle of the first round. I'm not I I'm not in love with anyone in there. So because of that, I I pass on this because I want to make sure I'm getting a great player. I I agree and bleed bleed orange and blue. I I really like where you're thinking and boy, if that happens and you can get Devin Bush and Reisner, great first round. Yeah, fantastic. But the 
the chance of, and I guess Bush is the one guy that I'm in love with, or that I really like. I can't say I'm in love with him. Uh, that I really like in the middle of the first round. The one guy. Let's say, and you really like him. I I know it's not love, but let's say the whole plan this offseason has been get an inside linebacker in the first round. Then you can't do it. Can't You cannot risk that. No. Because it's not like you're going to take Mac Wilson there. I guess you technically could take Risner there, then trade back up into the first to get Mac Wilson. Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. All right, uh, Tom Mercury has a quick one. He says, when you do locker room interviews, can you ask the players what's your favorite cereal? The people need to know lives are at stake. Uh, uh, uh. The good thing is, yeah, we, we can do that. The bad thing is that'll be, what, September? I was thinking maybe we could do, like, as they're coming off the field, we can just say their name and be like, Von Miller, what's your favorite cereal? Um, Bradley Chubb, what's your favorite cereal? Let's do it. Let's do it. And And here's the thing is players like that stuff. You know, I should say most players – like talking to us and like it when, when we're not coming up to him and just asking him football questions day after day after day. So that's a fun one. Would be a fun one. All right, from Barrelman 2.0. Hey, guys, what kind of push do you think it would take for the Broncos to revert back to the old co- logo and color scheme? I like the current look, but the old look is so much better in my opinion. Keep up the great work. I don't – like are we talking the D? Yes. I'll tell you this. It's not happening. Yeah. But you might see an updated version of it. I could see that as a possibility. Here's what I always come back to, though. And you know how big I am on looks when it comes to football playing and on-field swag. I love this type of stuff. I am also extremely superstitious. (laughs) The Broncos have never won a Super Bowl with that logo. The Broncos have won three Super Bowls with the current scheme. Mm. How are you going to go back to that cursed scheme just because it looks better when tradition shows you that this this one, this lo- current logo, has all of your rich championship tradition tied into it? When has a team gone back to a scheme? I think, you know, of course, you get the throwback days. That happens. But in terms of fully embracing a past logo, I don't think it, it happens often if if really ever. So you, you could see an updated scheme to the Broncos and change that, but I don't even know if that's coming soon. Yeah, the Nuggets have been dabbling, trying to get closer and closer to that skyline look because that's honestly one of the most iconic looks in all of sports. It's so cool. Um, the Avs have never really changed, but they did change their jerseys back to the way they used to look. Like, they tried to update them with this piping that was just so ugly. (laughs) And everyone called it like it looked like they had an apron on the front of their jersey. They went back to, like, the old design. But, again, they never changed the logo. It's rare, and I'm having a hard time thinking of it. I'm sure someone will point out, well, this team did it. But it's rare to see a team go back in time just because... Nostalgia is always going to have people liking what used to be. Like, I even like the Nuggets... um, burgundy and dark blue like when i see that now i'm like oh that was sick but the nuggets were terrible during that why am i nostalgic for that also think of it on the business side if you go back to the old jerseys that everyone has well they don't need to buy new ones you know of course people will buy the updated von miller one of those 
But people are going to say, oh, now my John Elway jersey is even more relevant. Now I don't need to get a new one. So it doesn't make sense from business side. From Nike's standpoint, yeah, they're always going to say we need something new, fresh, updated. So everyone wants to buy this gear. Yep. Can you imagine, though, the sales if the Broncos went to an updated version of that D with the horse? I love it. I love the idea. I'm not against it at all. I'm not either. But it's still, even the uh, even updating that just has a little bit of a, a sourness to it, <laughs> considering the Broncos lost every single Super Bowl they played in, in those jerseys. Man, how many years uh, after moving back to that would you have to go on a streak of not winning a Super Bowl before flipping? I think you would have to lose a Super Bowl mm. before people would start to freak out. Yep. Because the jersey does decide if you win a Super Bowl or not. The logo does. Everything decides everything. <laughs> In the end, I agree it would be cool to see some sort of rebrand. Um, you know, this this logo, despite, or I should say, while it has been very successful, it's also been around for quite a long time. So let's move on here to the next question. Uh, and it comes in from Thomason. He says, howdy, fellas. I read Thaler's paper, The Loser's Curse, on NFL teams overvaluing early draft picks. And after doing so, I feel trading out of 10 is the best option. The value of pick number 10 is roughly a later one and a two. I feel this provides the opportunity to land several impact players if we hit on picks and strengthen the offensive and defensive line. Who would you target in the late teens and what would we be looking at with two picks in the second round? Second, how about a new contest to have a lucky listener be a guest host on the podcast? Finally, would be remiss if I didn't mention Lark Burger, my favorite Colorado burger chain. The truffle burger, the truffle parm fries, and the adobo chicken sandwich with flash-fried razor-thin jalapenos, yum, are all clutch. I know one of you believes fries to be trash, but dude, Truffle Farm makes it all right. What you don't, a misre- you don't, yeah, you don't think fries are trash, right? What a misrepresentation. <laughs> I can see why athletes get so mad now. They feel like they're always being misquoted. I've never once said that fries were trash. Set the record straight. Only fries I've ever had that I actually believed were absolute trash came from In-N-Out Burger. Have you ever met someone that thinks fries in general are trash? honestly don't think I can think of anyone. I want to say I have, but I can't put my finger on it. I mean, what what can be wrong with a fried potato? It's hard, it's hard <laughs> to have anything that's fried and come away saying that was terrible. Especially when you go to a place where they have so many dipping sauces that you can dip it in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I will agree with Thomason. Man, Lark Burger, that burger is so good. When you read the razor flash fried thin jalapenos and you were like oh yeah yeah they're the truth they're so good oh it sounds great and i just got an email from them that i get a free burger next week for my birthday so oh. thank you to like burger well happy birthday to you there zach <laughs> um he says how about a contest to have a lucky listener be a guest host the only thing i feel bad about that is is it kind of narrows it down to essentially only folks who are in town Unless they want to fly themselves out here. Yeah, see, that's (laughs) that's asking a lot. Okay, anyways, what would you do with two picks in the second round, Zach? What are you doing in the first round? Let's say in the first round, he says you trade into the late teens. Let's say you luck out and get Devin Bush. We just said we don't want to be in the late teens. But let's just say, let's just operate under the fact that 
You lucked out and you got Devin Bush at 17. Mm-hmm. I like this. And and if you can do this, this is dream scenario because in the second, what I do is I go offensive line, maybe Risner, and defensive line because it's deep. There's going to be a player there. It's easy. I would go one of those two with my first second round pick. And now that I have two second round picks, I'm getting myself <laughs> some Andy Isabella action. And, <laughs> and I was thinking that too. What I do is because I now have two f- second round picks, I package my third and fourth or my third and fifth to move up as early in the third round as I can to get Andy Isabella. And then look what you just did. You have a starter on the defensive line, four. a starter on the offensive line, a starting linebacker, and a starting receiver. Yeah, four top 75 players. You're done. Trade the rest of day three's picks. You don't need those. Right, exactly. And just stock up for next year. Oh, that is... I mean, even if you don't get... Um, even if you do your plan, you are in love with that. I agree completely. What would you go with, offense or defense, uh, in terms of the line? You just got a linebacker, and you're going to go receiver next. Probably go defensive line. It's a deeper class for that. Mm, and get maybe a borderline first-round player there? Yep. That is so. That is so enticing, but... It all comes with the caveat of getting Devin Bush at 17, which may be a stretch. What happens if Devin Bush is gone? Then maybe you go Risner, Risner, I hate this, <laughs> and you do that uh, in the late first round or the mid to late first round, and then in the top of the second you get Mac Wilson, and then you take Andy Isabella. It's okay. Yeah, that is okay. You feel good about it. You feel good, not great. The right. one that you just don't love the value on is Dalton. I'm just calling him Dalton for now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably agreed on Reisner yesterday, and I totally ruined that today. I'll probably go back to Reisner tomorrow, just so you know. Yeah, you'd really have to rise up the board <laughs> for you to feel great about <laughs> taking him there. But again, you're getting three really good players. Speaking of, I just wanted to touch on this guy real quick because I actually am high on him, and, and I tweeted at you, you know, with a, a little bit of a joke yesterday, but you talked about uh, Nikhil Harry and his pro day, which was extremely impressive. You want to tell me uh, what you learned about him from his pro day, other than the fact that he's big, strong, fast, and good at catching footballs? I mean, John Elway was there, and so there's some interest. There's some other guys, of course, from Arizona State, but Nikhil Harry is the headliner there. And Ryan, this is a guy... He's Cortland Sutton. He he's pretty much Cortland Sutton. But uh, better. Ooh. He's better. And he's a what borderline first second round guy. Yeah, right where right where Cortland was honestly. Six two two twenty eight. The guy is fast. Um, he's a legitimate deep threat. It can box out players incredibly well on the deep balls. What if you add him? Here's the thing that I think people are missing with Nikhil Harry. He actually isn't that much like Cortland. Now, he is like Cortland in the sense that he can go up and get it. Um, But you know what my favorite evaluation is for wide receivers? Tell me. Where did this team – who did this team throw to on third down? If they had a third and seven and they needed to get it, where did they look? Last year? No, I'm just saying when I'm evaluating a a wide receiver prospect. Oh, gotcha. I want to make sure that – he was the primary target on third down. Yep. Because you know what that tells me? It means the quarterback trusts him to get open and he trusts him to catch the ball. Yep. 
I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but I guarantee you Nikhil Harry was targeted on third down as much, if not more, than anyone in the country. And that's huge. In the top five. That really that really says it all, like you said. That's that's huge. Andy Isabella, guarantee you he's in that category as well. Can you get open and, are, and do I trust your hands? And Nikhil Harry, what people I think are missing on him is he is a big, strong receiver. He also returned punts for them. Mm. He's elusive. He is, uh, you know, he's got some shake to him. I love the kid as a prospect. Now, I think Andy Isabella fits into this group of wide receivers maybe a little bit better just because of his skill set being different. And there's something to be said for both of these guys. But if you came away with Nikhil Harry, you have to be thrilled if you got him in the top of the second round. And I'm not going to lie, I haven't watched a ton of Nikhil Harry. You have. I've talked to a lot of people that watched a lot of Pac-12 football. All of them rave about him. I haven't heard one negative thing about him. He is he is a strong athlete that doesn't have like that much transition to the NFL. Yeah, there's only one wide receiver in the Pac-12 that's better than him, and it's LaVisca Chanel. Mm-hmm. And who, what he may be a top ten pick next year. Who was a dark, very much so, who he's a dark horse Heisman candidate before he got hurt in the USC game, in which he had like a fifty yard touchdown run out of the Wildcat. Um, he was he was kind of creeping in. So there's that was the only guy who outshined him in the Pac-12 from a wide receiver standpoint. And like you said, potentially a top ten pick next year. Cortland Sutton's a freak of an athlete, right? Cortland Sutton last year. Nikhil Harry had a better combine this year than Cortland Sutton did last year. Cortland ran a 4.54. Nikhil Harry, 4.53. Cortland had 18 bench presses. Here's a big one. Nikhil Harry had 27 bench presses. Strong, strong guy. And in terms of jumps, um, uh, Nikhil had a, a higher vertical jump. I'd rather have Nikhil Harry than D- DK Metcalf. Hmm, especially for value. Now, is this a guy where if you want him, are you trading up early in the second round to get him? If he's still there after day one, you probably have to. He's that good. Uh, in fact, going into this season, kind of like at Oliver, you would have probably said that he should be the number one wide receiver off the board. What happened? He dealt with injuries, and I wonder if that has something to do with it. Um, and that And that's how I remember learning about how much Arizona State targeted him on third down is because they started to suck on third down after they Mm -hmm. lost uh, Nikhil Harry. And as soon as they got him back, boom, third down, the ball is going to, I believe he wore number one for them. Yeah, and here's here's a, uh, a little scouting tip from an AFC wide receivers coach. Maybe it's from Zach Azani. About Nikhil. It says, all of this talk about his lack of separation is overdone. In the league, nobody gets that much separation anyway. You have to know how to use your body and and route leverage, and you need strong hands. From what I've seen of him, he does all that stuff very well. Yeah. Guys that big are never going to be separation you know, specialists. Right. That's the, what, what Emmanuel Sanders and Andy Isabella do to get open. These guys use their strength to get open. I see a... Honestly... What I see with Nikhil Harry is Demarius Thomas. Mm. That's the type of player I see. Yeah, and uh, and yesterday Herm Edwards was on the fan in Denver and compared him to Des Bryant. So makes sense. Who got the better uh, player? 
The Broncos or the Cowboys? The Broncos. Now, you uh, a Cowboys person could make the argument that he had Peyton Manning. And sure, that's there. But Dez fell off a cliff a few years ago. Yeah, and also never made a deep run in the playoffs. And never made a uh, 75-yard game-winning slant catch from Tim Tebow. His, mo- his most iconic play was a drop. <laughs> no, it wasn't actually a drop, but it still was his most iconic play. Yep. All right, from Drop Switch. Hey, guys, I have a hard time taking a tight end that early in the draft, especially if DK Metcalf is on the board. I feel like Met- Metcalf is going to grow into a top wideout for years to come. The Broncos would definitely have the best wideout duo in a year or two if they drafted him. It'd be awesome if you guys did a listener mock draft, have 32 people sign up and assign each person a team. Cheers. That sounds fun. Could yeah, fun. I, I'm definitely down for that, and I think you guys would like that. Would Would DK Metcalf excite you if the Broncos got him at ten? No, me either. No, he he wouldn't. And uh, looking at his pictures would excite me. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> and what he did at the combine, but this is a guy where I just think there's too much risk bust potential, and maybe not a full bust. But to be a top 10 wide receiver, what do you have to do to, to, to live up to that? Uh, you got to be a top five wide receiver in the game. Who's a successful top 10 wide receiver in the past? I mean, you have Calvin Johnson, Julio. wild success. Julio, uh, you have who wasn't a success was White from the Bears. Oh, God. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin White? White. Yeah, I think he was picked at seven. Could have told you. Or something like that. name like Kevin White. <laughs> All you have to do is change one letter and you have a great name. Devin White. <laughs> Kevin White is not going to be a good player. There you go. I like that. <laughs> um, Who else? Yeah, a lot. I mean, remember, I think the, uh, the Lions drafted like three busts with high picks uh in the early 2000s maybe the late 90s no definitely the early 2000s um i don't i'll I'll never support drafting a guy based solely off of his combine and when did he skyrocket when did he get national attention when that picture came out that picture came out then he matched it with like the 441 or something which was absurd and his vertical leap was insane how did you not produce at Ole Miss Exactly. If, and how are, you, how are you going to turn that into massive top 10 production in the NFL? To me, he's going to be completely dependent on his quarterback. And wide receiver is a dependent position in the first place. If you pair him with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have a great career. I don't know about Aaron Rodgers. Oh but. <laughs> if you pair him with Joe Flacco, I'm concerned. Now, again, Joe Flacco knows how to put it up there for his guys, um, but, but not nearly as good. If you pair him with Case Keenum, He's not going to be good. Would you rather have DK Metcalf at 10 or Andy Isabella at 10? I would legitimately rather have Andy Isabella. I think I would too. Now, obviously, <laughs> that's not – someone could say you're crazy, and I understand that. But how many times do players get drafted high and then a player who get drafted way, be- before, way behind them have a much better career? All the time. All the time. And it's, so. it's, it's because a lot, a lot of times that happens because people get caught up in the numbers. The dude n- never had more than a 700-yard season at Ole Miss. Mm. If you're this physical freak and you're going to be a beast on the field, you are just owning the competition in college. And on top of that, I think it would just be silly for the Broncos to draft a wide receiver at 10. I do too. 
So you put all those things together, and I, I don't like it. All right, let's take our last break here, Zach, and when we come back, we'll wrap up the rest of the questions. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue thanks to everyone for tuning in on this fine sports thursday uh, in in the world we've got the rockies opening day we've got the nuggets taking on the rockets later we've got four march madness games and god knows what else is going on this is this is one of the best days in sports and it's kind of under the radar. Under the radar, fantastic day for sports. And I saw someone out there say, this is opening day in baseball. It should be a national holiday. No, just Rocky's home opening day should be a national holiday. And it essentially is in Denver. <laughs> yep. Um, people rarely go to work next Friday. It's true. I can't wait. I won't be. <laughs> um, let's get on to the next question here. And it comes in from Bronco Jimmy. He says, good day, my fellow BSN family. First things first, I'm an Aussie, but an Asian breakfast is the best. You ever had Asian breakfast? No, I'm just trying to think. I think there's like Asian pancakes. I don't know. He says chicken and rice, sambal soup, or Vietnamese. I hate when people say it this way, but the correct way to pronounce it is pho. (laughs) Beats sugar, cereal, milk every day of the week. Okay, really quick. That just sounds like a great asian meal not necessarily breakfast that sounds like leftovers yeah different cultures don't approach breakfast in the same way that we do Mm. you know what i'm not the biggest breakfast guy so i could totally get behind that i'm big on lunch and dinner i'm not breakfast guy i'm not (laughs) like i could wake up if i wasn't on keto i could wake up at 8 a.m and say, you know what? What sounds great right now? A good snarf sandwich. Oh, I could too. <laughs> we should we should do that because my girlfriend, the complete opposite. If she wakes up at noon, she has to have breakfast. She she will never be able to eat a lunch thing, even if it's three p.m. It's funny because my girlfriend is is pretty much the same. <laughs> so you and I will go. They can <laughs> yes. go to a breakfast place, wait in line for an hour. It, well, on top of that, yeah. And you and I will just go snarfs. <laughs> Man, it sounds perfect. <laughs> Uh, anyways, he goes on to my question. Can we please have a BSN forum? I've created and moderated a few forums, so I would be happy to set it up and run it if the BSN bosses approve. Finally, if you see Adam Gotsis, he's from Melbourne, Australia, (laughs) ask him if he misses doing a Tim Tam slam. It's food related. (laughs) Relax. (laughs) 
Anyways, much love from Perth, Australia, Bronco Jimmy, future BSN forum moderator. So real quick, let me just give you the, the nuts and bolts on the forum. Email ryan at bsndenver.com and brandon at bsndenver.com with your idea, you know, I'm not going to say like a resume, just like your, you know, what you've done in the past, how you can help, and we'll certainly look into it because it's something that we're very interested in. It's just one of those things. In the, when you have a company, when you're trying to run a startup, if you could, if you could see Brandon Spano's notebook, every day he has about 30 things on his to-do list, and each day probably can chop away like 20 of them, and then the next 10 go to the top of the list, and then some things come in, and, and so it's on the list. Promise you that. But with email Ryan at bsndenver.com and Brandon at bsndenver.com. We'll see what we can do. Um, okay, so a Tim Tim Slam, Tim Tam Slam, it's a cookie, it's a little wafer cookie that has some chocolate filling in the middle, and I think there's a beverage that you're trying to drink, but you want to drink it through the cookie, so you bite off corners, each corner of the cookie, and then you put it in the beverage, and you use the cookie as a straw, and it's supposed to work. What the hell? <laughs> and then you get to eat the cookie after. So it's like cookies and cream, except your cookie is your or cook, milk and cookies, except your cookie is your straw. What are those straw cookies mm. called? Pure pure pruettes oh, or something? Yes, yes. Those are like the best things ever. Those are so good. <laughs> Underrated. That's what I was imagining. But this is just a regular cookie that this you're is, turning. This is a regular biscuit type cookie. And you somehow get a hole in the middle of it or something? I think you it's it's a Tim Tam cookie, which has a diagonal hole through the middle. So then you bite off each end. And then, like, this, the hole is already built in. <laughs> it makes no sense. In my mind, I cannot imagine this at all. So here's your cookie. There's your cookie, and that's what you do. Like a rectangle cookie, you bite off opposite ends. How does that? How is that a straw now? I... Th- it must be because this specific cookie has like a line already built in. It must be. And then you just dip it in and kind of slurp yep. through. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> who, who comes up with this stuff? This must have been before the Purell cookie. Or what is it? Yeah, those cookies. I don't know what those are called. Purellettes? P- yeah, that sounds right. We'll I'm, I'm that. making that up. <laughs> uh, anyways, did you see the St. Louis style bagels that everyone was freaking out about no, yesterday? No, is that it was bagels? Yeah, so some guy like tweeted out like introduced my office to St. Louis style bagels at the at the office today. Everyone loved it. It was bagels sliced like bread. No way. And the world freaked out. Is that a real thing? Is that like a St. Louis thing or did this guy just make that up? I couldn't tell you, but it created a meme all of yesterday like, "Oh, I'm having like St. Louis style water." And it was just like water poured out on a table and the guy was like <laughs> drinking it through a straw. Or like I'm having uh, St. Louis style cookies. It was someone who took one of those Chips Ahoy trays and just poured a glass of milk into it. <laughs> so everyone was roasting St. Louis. This kind of reminds me. This is like St. Louis style <laughs> milk and cookies. Right. <laughs> so the bagels are like tiny little pieces then at that point, right? Right. And then you can just like, sp- it's kind of, it's almost like a little platter. You know, you just put a little bit of cream cheese. You don't have to eat a whole bagel. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think so. Anyways, <laughs> next one here is from Mike, uh, Micah Pexa. He says, what does it have to be? Why does it have to be either or? Elway has consistently said since he took over, our job, my job is not just to win now, but to win from now on. 
Is there not a middle ground here where he has made most of his moves in the offseason to win in 2019, but saves one more for from now on and drafts a quarterback in round one? If they don't go quarterback, then I think it's – then I think – sorry. If they don't go quarterback, then think about Vaughn's best season, 2015. I think a huge key was not only having Ware across from him, but also having Malik Jackson and Wolf applying pressure up the middle. Despite Chubb last year, we haven't found that consistent up-the-middle push since the Super Bowl year. Wouldn't surprise me if D-line was the call at 10. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And wouldn't that be at Oliver? Yes. I mean, who's another? For Sean Gary falls somehow. But I think Ed Oliver is the, the most realistic one. And in most mock drafts that I've seen, and I've tried to scour the internet, he's there. He's there for the Broncos. Now, in terms of your first part, that it could be that, and that's the way John Owe would sell it if they go quarterback. He's not going to say, "Yeah, this this was a move just for the future. I don't care about winning this year. I I fooled you guys all on the the win right now." He's going to say that this was a win from now on move. We think that Dwayne Haskins helps our team, uh, you know, in in the long run, and he's going to work with Joe, and we're going to make a darn good quarterback room this year. Meh. It doesn't add up to me. I get the win from now on thing, but you are actively hurting now for from now on with that pick. So which one are you? You can't You can't always be both. Each move has to be in one category. And we, we believe, uh, we have on good authority, that the Broncos believe Joe Flacco could be the quarterback here for the next five years at least. Yep. So with that in mind, it would not make sense to go quarterback. Now, wouldn't that be how John sells it, though? Is this a this is a win from now on move, and it helps the organization? Of course, of course. All right, next one here is from Chilongo Bronco. He says, "Hey guys, just realized that the 2019 schedule is defined as the second hardest in all of the NFL. So I have an exercise for both of you. As of this moment, with this roster and coaching staff, and being realistic with the number ten pick, Devin Bush, Hawkinson, or someone in the line." How do you see the Broncos finishing the season? I went game by game, and I see an 8-8 eight and eight results. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts. P.S. Any news on Pecco? Much love still. <laughs> well, let's go. Uh, well, any news on Pecco? No, there's no news on Pecco, and I don't think we should go through this right now. You don't want to go through the, the schedule for the listeners? <sighs> Fine. Do it. Okay. How I'm going to go through the AFC West is I'm going to say 3-3. Three and three. Fair enough. I'll ride with that. Did, and, and, or I can go game by game with you. I just think that's how it's going to pan out. I'll stay with that. Sure. Home. These are all home games. Jaguars. Win. I'll say win. Titans. Win. I'll say that. Um, Bears. Win. I'll say loss. Lions. Win. I'll say win. And Browns. Loss. Okay. So you have seven wins at home. Let's go road. Actually, no. You have three. With the AFC West at home, you have seven wins. Um, Road. Texans. Loss. Colts. Loss. Green Bay. Loss. Bills. Win. And Vikings win so you got him you got him at nine and seven and i had just one below so eight and eight 
Here's one thing that makes this dumb. No disrespect for Chilongo Bronco. The the change in the NFL is so vast every year. Remember this. The Vikings, great season in 2018. They improved their quarterback. Their win now. They made these great draft picks. They filled all these holes. They sucked. <laughs> Flat out sucked. They were Bleacher Report's number one power ranking team going into the season. Like at, at, at the end of training camp. So... It's so hard to project this stuff. For all we know, the Browns could be worse next year. They could go 5-11. and 11. You want to put your money on that? No, because <laughs> I want them to do well. Um, for all we know, his rookie season was a fluke, and Deshaun Watson's downward trend continues next year. And people start to wonder, is he the answer in Houston? For all we know, Kirk Cousins and Gary Kubiak put it together, and they're a juggernaut. For all we know, Josh Allen bursts onto the scene with his second year and destroys the league. And here's what we know is Aaron Rodgers will continue his slide. Give me a break. <laughs> so, I don't... It's it's impossible to know how these things can happen. And, and, that, and that also goes for the way that we're going to predict this the day before the season starts, or three days before the season starts. We don't really know, but right now it's even even worse because we don't know who the Broncos got in the draft, and we don't know who anyone else got in the draft, and we don't know if the Raiders have Kyler Murray because guess what? If they have Kyler Murray, <laughs> I'm not picking the Broncos to beat them. So it's all it's all crapshoot, especially before the draft. Man, I could do this every day going through the schedule, so I love it. <laughs> all right, we got any buzzer beaters? We do. Coming in from 49th State Bronco, he says, Get ready for this one. It's a long one. Like 49th minute Broncos. (laughs) He says, hey, guys, love all the draft talk and the limitless possibilities that get thrown out there. I am pretty excited about the possibility of the Broncos picking up yet another key defensive piece in the first round, be it on the line or at linebacker. If that happens, I think the team has a very real top five defense potential. Also, I love the discussion about the pass interference challenge issue. It touches on one of the issues with the game that I have thought about a lot. I think that human error in the officiating of the game is one of the things that make the game so compelling. Some of the most memorable and talked about moments in the game have been associated with the field calls, and while some may think it's a distraction, I believe it makes the game fun to watch. How many times have you been in a heated debate about a call either way? Yes, it sucks to be on the back end of a call, but it always goes both ways given enough time. The NFL has spent many years trying to take the human element out of the game in terms of officiating, but I say that they should try to strike a happy medium between getting it right 99% of the time and realize that no matter how hard you try, you're never going to get it 100% right. Finally, what do the 2019 Anchorage versus Denver Great Municipal Water Supply taste off? Did I miss it or what happened to it? I know you have the water I sent. Oh, well, I guess I'd be nervous going up against the best, too. Keep up the great work, men. We are going to do it. We're just trying to figure out the perfect time here because we want to do... It's not good podcasting (laughs) for us to be tasting water. So what we're going to do is a live, a Periscope video Mm. in which the blind tasting is set up. So we have no idea which one we're tasting and it's all on tape. And it's all live, and anyone can tune in. And then we'll cut up some pieces of the audio from that so it actually sounds good. 
and bring it into the podcast. And we just want to make sure that it is Anchorage cold. So it is it is chilling right now. Yeah, it has to be. It's chilling in the tundra. <laughs> of course, only surrounded by its own ice, though. Yes, of course. Now, I, I feel like the PI challenge issue, and I think you bring up great points all across the board. I don't want it to be completely animated and, and robots are making every single call. But I think that's why I like that it's a challenge. Is that because then you get 99% of the calls right? or uh, in, in, And you're not going for the 100%. If this was you had unlimited challenges for this, then I would hate it. And it, it would ruin the game. There's still going to be the human aspect of the game that's going to frustrate you when when it happens in the second quarter and a coach doesn't want to throw a challenge flag because they want to save that for the fourth quarter, you're going to be upset and you're going to like debating whether or not it was. But just what why I'm okay with it is you don't want your season, not just a game, but your season in the playoffs like the Saints to end the way it did. I agree. Here's the thing. I'm with you that it doesn't need to be right 100% of the time because it's impossible. Yeah. You'll never get to a, we will never get to a point unless every call is monitored and reviewed um from a third party that can just buzz in and tell the refs and there's no review process. It's just there's there's an eye in the sky who says that was PI. Throw the flag. And even if they didn't throw it on the play, the ref throws the flag and they say if, um we just got word from the booth that this was pass interference. If that's how you're going to do it, prepare for a long, long game. <laughs> and no one wants that. Everyone's trying to make the games quicker. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, but in all sports, everyone keeps trying to make the game shorter and shorter and shorter. Right. Like, I have four hours for <laughs> football on yeah. Sundays. Yeah. So, I don't know why everyone's trying to cut it down to three and a half, <laughs> but I'm cool with the four. It's probably not four. It's really like three. Right. And it, and they're trying to get it down to 245 or whatever. I don't get it. College football, they're doing the same thing. Baseball, they're doing the same thing. I'm like, I'm here to watch this sport. You don't need to make it shorter. Yeah. Do you like it or not? Trying if to get you, short. If you, if you like the sport, right. don't you want, want to watch it? Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> sad when the game's over. So, anyways, that is going to be tedious and long, and it's never going to be 100%. And even if you did that, it's not going to be 100%. But... There are millions and millions of dollars on the line here. You know how much how much money the Saints would have made from making the Super Bowl? Hmm. Tons. Tons. All the merch they would sell, all the excitement, you know, the people would be so bought in. There's bonuses at stake for players and coaches and all this stuff. It's not just for fun. There's big time money at stake here. And I think that, in the end, is what drives everything is money. And if money is on the line, one guy costs the Saints organization millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, that is that is wild. They should have just bought him off. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Would have been a, a smart investment paying, you know, a million dollars to just make sure he gets it right. Now, obviously, these things, at least right now, won't be able to be officiated by robots. But in baseball... What do you think about balls and strikes being automated? I'm fine with it. I would be too. And I think because it's a different... It's cut and dry. Exactly. It's either a ball or a strike. And like we said yesterday with, with Vic's explanation, just because you touch a guy 
doesn't make it pass interference. Or literally every single player would be committing pass interference on every single play. But it looks so different on replay. And if you did that every play, well, you can't do that. And they will never do that. Now, the only thing with baseball is I'm, I would be a little bit confused on how they would define what the strike zone is. Because the unofficial zone from the umpire is from the letters to the knees. How How is that automated, you know? Right. I guess you just reset it every time. But what if a guy has a crouch or like, you know, what? how does that work? I guess then the crouch would really benefit you. <laughs> I know that Drew Creaseman has done about 15 podcasts on this. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get more into <laughs> yeah. that, go check out uh, any of his uh, robo ump discussions. He is a big fan of the robo umps. Ryan, what is a buzzer beater over a buzzer beater? That like would be a over- buzzer beater that sent it to overtime and then a buzzer beater in overtime. <laughs> we just had one. All so right. the game is over in overtime. Coming in from Hipster Bronco, he says, Hi, BSN fam. First time commenter out of Portland, Oregon. I know Ryan is an iced coffee fiend like myself, and this show got me hooked on Strava Craft Coffee. So have you ever tried iced CBD coffee? It is the best way to start a morning, in my opinion. Now, on to the football question. First of all, no, I haven't. I got to try it. Just iced? Yeah, I haven't had the Strava iced mm. because when I've had it, it's been at the office mm. and the office doesn't have ice. So you you put hot coffee in your body? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's weird. Couldn't have been the first cup of the day, though. We know that. We know that. <laughs> he goes on to say, and on to the football question. With the recent rumors of the Chargers, Giants, and Patriots being the three teams interested in trading for Rosen, I find myself struggling to decide which outcome to root for. My first thought was the Giants. Mine would be as well. I would hate for the Chargers to get a steal like that, and I don't want the Patriots to have nice things. But if the Giants get Rosen, that may decrease the chances of legit defensive talent falling to the Broncos at 10. Thoughts? What do you think? You can look at you. You can make a case anyway. Do you want him in your division? Probably not. If 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 you want him on the Broncos, you don't want him in your division. Do you want him on the Patriots? No. That seems that seems cheating. I mean, the Patriots were the team that we didn't want him to go on last year. So if they get him for a third-round pick, that seems unfair. And with the Giants, here's the thing, though. If the Giants get Rosen and don't get a quarterback, you could have the chance at Dwayne Haskins or Drew Locker, your number one quarterback, because we know John Elway's number one quarterback is not Kyler Murray. But yeah, it probably would take a defensive player off the board. Root for the Giants to get him. Yeah. That's what I would say. I agree. You don't want the Chargers to get him, and you don't want the Patriots to get him. By the way, this just came in. This will be our last thing. Ed Oliver posted a faster short shuttle than Saquon Barkley did. Oh, my. Saquon Barkley, the guy that destroyed the combine. Right, and the shuttle is about change of direction, right? It's about you go, you grab the thing, you go back, you drop it, whatever. Are you still cheering for the Giants to get Rosen? I don't think the Giants would take Ed Oliver. I don't think so either. So, yeah. Gosh, man, Ed Oliver, he's a freak. Did he perform at the Combine? Because all of these numbers, I, I don't think he did. Mm-mm. Because all of these numbers are, are new. like revelations. Yeah, man, what a beast. That's our that's our pick of the day. Man, I'm curious if now, like I said, he's been on, uh, he's been available for the Broncos in nearly every mock draft. I wonder if he's not going to be anymore. Probably starts creeping up. All right, that's going to do it for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast, and that's going to wrap it up 
for the week. Make sure you tune into the Draft Podcast with Andre tomorrow. He's always on top of this stuff. And if you have draft-related questions, uh, make sure you send them to him directly, whether that be commenting on um, last week's Draft Podcast. It's probably the easiest way to get him your questions. So get those in. Tune into the Draft Podcast tomorrow. Uh, And we'll catch up with you next week on the BSN Broncos podcast. Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. 